Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. If you found this podcast valuable and are looking for an easy way to support us, you can help us out by claiming your free audiobook and one-month free trial at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. That's audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. All right, and we're back, Doing Ministry Well. Jim Baker, your host, with our guest, Brooke Gaiman. Um, we are talking with Brooke, and he is a master potter. Is that what you would... Is that the name that... That people go by? I don't well, know. Well, some people do. I, I don't know that I would. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What's the name of your company? Uh, it's just Game, Game and Pottery Works. All right. Nice and simple. Um, the question that I didn't ask that I should have asked is, how did you get interested in pottery to start with? Hmm. That's a great question. I <clears throat> hadn't ever really considered getting into pottery at all. I, I always enjoyed um, drawing when I was when I was a kid, I I spent most of my time doodling in my notebooks at school and such. But um, and I I always dreamed of maybe one day illustrating children's books or working for Disney or something hmm. like that. But um, yeah, so uh, but I I didn't really I didn't enjoy school. School was not my my favorite thing so my senior year of high school when all of my friends were talking about college and stuff like that I'm sitting there thinking why would anybody voluntarily go <laughs> back <laughs> like once once you're finally free why right. would you go back and so after a year of uh, doing some menial jobs and such I was like Maybe I'll give this college thing a try. So I ended up in a small Christian college out in Kansas. And that is actually where my wife Dana and I met. And uh, after my first year, I, I decided, you know what? I think I was right about the school thing. I gave it a try. I gave it the old college try. There you go. Um, literally. Yeah, <laughs> literally. But uh, yeah, it just it still wasn't really my thing. So I I was I took all of the art courses that I was able to during during my time there. And second semester, uh, one of those courses was uh, an intro to pottery. And so <clears throat> during that time, I didn't spend a lot of time on on the wheel at all. Mostly. Uh, was doing hand hand building, uh, which is just another another way of of making things out out of clay with without a wheel. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably people, uh, some of your listeners will be familiar with coil pots, where you just roll out the coils and you start right. building them up until you have something that resembles. An ashtray or, or something. There you go. I think <laughs> I made something like that in middle school. Yeah. When we did pottery. We did the whole coil thing. Yeah. Yeah, and so, um, but during during that that semester, our class took a field trip to this little town in the southeast corner of Kansas, Elk Falls, which I've mentioned several times, and there's where I met Steve and Jane Fry, and so we were coming up towards the end of that that year. Of school, and I still didn't know what I was going to do with my future, and 
Dana was actually getting ready to graduate um, with a nursing de degree. And so um, my, in my instructor came to me one day and said, hey, you remember that couple that, that we met in that town? Um, they're looking for a student who might be interested in living with them in the summer and uh, helping out around their studio and stuff. And so I ended up doing that. I, I lived with them that summer and, uh, yeah, did a lot of, of stuff around there for them, helping mixing up the clay and stuff. But more than, more than that, um, that is really where I started, uh, I, I, I kind of see that as, as the time when I started encountering God in a, in a whole new way. Like I had grown up in a Christian home, gone to a Christian school all my life. And, um, but, and, and, you know, it might've had something to do with the fact of just the stage of life I was in, you know, I was away from home for the first time and, uh, kind of in, in that place where I was kind of trying to discover who, who I was. And, but really, um, I started encountering Jesus in in ways I'd never encountered before, um, and it was it was mainly because of uh, just watching, just observing how this couple lived their lives huh. in the church that they were part of. There, um, it was just it was something I had never really experienced before, and I I don't really know how to explain it or how to describe it, but it was just. Yeah, that's where I really feel like my my relationship with Jesus took this turn um, towards deeper in, in, in intimacy. Hmm. Are you still doodling? I am. In fact, just um, not too long ago, I actually started taking this this course. Um, I'm. I've been interested for for years now to try to dabble in uh, digital painting, and so I had gotten one of those digital tablets mm -hmm. uh, several years ago, and I've played around with it. But um, it's kind of like uh, I I I I knew just enough to be dangerous, but I didn't really know what I was doing. So I've been taking this course and. It's been really cool. Like I feel like I've been learning a lot, and so I yes, I'm I'm still doodling, and I still have dreams of uh, maybe illustrating children's books because I remember um, vividly. I remember illustrations from from books that that I had when I was very very little. Hmm. Like the the illustrations of children's books are so powerful and can really. They, they can make or break the story, but they can also stick with with a child for for the rest of their their lives. And so it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I don't know how it's all supposed to fit together, but but yes, I still doodle. That's cool. Um, you mentioned that you are a total feeler. Um, yes. and so I just want to talk about kind of the discipline of owning your own business and doing your art form now as a as a business, what is what does that look like? Um, is there times where you're just like, I have to get 
on the wheel today and I do not feel like getting on the wheel. Is that happening? Yeah, I mean, most of the time I don't have a whole lot of trouble getting getting on the wheel. Um, I have to discipline myself for other things, like other aspects of, of, of the business, such as oh, that's right, I actually need to sell this stuff. <laughs> and so, like, uh, again, you know, I talked earlier about how things have changed a lot um, with, with with the Internet. Like, obviously, the Internet was around back in the, the early 2000s, but but we, had, we didn't have any sort of online presence mm-hmm. back then. And so now, like, it's this whole whole new world opened up to us um so we 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 have a shop on on etsy and we've we've gotten quite a few sales through that which is really cool but then you know that takes time to take pictures and put them on there and and then when we make sales we we have to pack it up and we have to ship it out so all of those things they take they take work and effort and thankfully um my my oldest daughter amber um, she's been helping us out a lot with uh, actually posting uh, our products on 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 the website, and so that's that's been really good. But yeah, the whole business aspect of it, actually, that's where where the discipline needs to come in for me, because hmm. um, I'm kind of just just by nature, I, I'm like, I just I want I want to bless people, mm-hmm. and so like if somebody comes along and says oh that i love that mug i'm like oh well here (laughs) have it and then so that's where dane and i are a really good team because she's a lot more um well she 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 can do things like math and so she's the numbers person and and she's she helps ground me a bit where i'm kind of always off in the clouds somewhere and like I said, wanting to bless people. Oh, let's just let's just give our pottery away. And she's like, okay, that's awesome, but we need to pay the mortgage. Right, and right. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, man, this is so good. Let's move to uh, the three practical tips to to do in ministry well, and then after that, I need to write a note here. We need to. I want to talk a little bit about your. Father Heart of God teaching and, and mm. what that looks like. No, let's do that right now. Um, okay. So we've had you talk uh, in our in our red schools, and and we just give you a little bit of time, which we wish you could wish we could give you a lot more, um, just to teach on the Father Heart of God, and and you do it from the pottery wheel. But you started doing that. Um, just how did you even get into teaching that subject, and then deciding to do it from the potting wheel? Well. Um during during the dts that dane and i were students in um we had a teacher come and teach on the father heart of god doug easterday Mm -hmm. who i'm sure you're familiar with and that that week wrecked me in a in a good way i i think that for me um I, and, and again, this is one of those things that I wouldn't have even necessarily been able to, to define or to tell you that I was struggling with this, but um, 
I realized during that time that seeing God as Father was not necessarily easy for me. <laughs> and, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that I had uh, a bad experience or, like, an abusive experience um, with, with my own father. I've, I've always known that my dad loves me and you know because of some some uh circumstances from from his childhood and and some of the things that that he was dealing with uh in, internally as I was growing up it it just it made it hard for him as well to to see God as as father and then to pass that along um but having said all that I came face to face with this realization that wow I really have some some trouble with this whole idea of God being mm. being father and then I think um, to kind of maybe compound that was the fact that God has put in me the the heart of a father mm. like even before even before I was a father, but even before I was I was married, you know, I talked about in, in high school uh, walking in this pastoral gifting, um, and I think that that was the father's heart. That even at at you know as a teenager, I had that, but didn't know what what it was. So. And you know how the the enemy will always attack the things that that God's trying to to grow in us, mm. and so that's something that obviously the enemy has always been trying to uh, attack in me, always trying to to destroy in me. So really, um, yeah, it was during our DTS when this whole idea of God as Father started being stirred up, and so. But that week, that particular teaching has always been one of the highlights of so many DTS students. Um, just coming to a point where they're able to really start seeing God as as a father mm-hmm. and not just as um, some distant God who is always angry at them. Mm-hmm. Um and then obviously, when I became a father myself, uh, it it changed everything again. Like I, I share this story a lot, but when when I held my oldest daughter Amber in my arms for the first time and looked down in her wrinkled little (laughs) not even cleaned off yet face I was just completely and utterly in love and I remember thinking like it literally took my breath away because I thought this is how God sees me and so that was also a big part of it just becoming a father myself in that earthly sense um, but you know we live in such a 
such a broken society and this generation is is the most fatherless generation ever and it, it just that that problem keeps deepening and so there's such a need for for fathers and so that's why that's become such a passion for me and and it's not even something like I don't know I feel like I'm I could potentially start rambling so mm-hmm. re- re- reel me in if if need be but um you know I this is where I'm still kind of trying to figure out what what is ministry and what what is that supposed to look like because um all of the I feel like all of the the major impact that I've ever had has never been the times when I've been trying to make something happen Hmm. but God will just bring somebody uh, across my path who I, I might even at the time be thinking man I'm not making a difference at all and then later on they'll come to me and say you will never know how much this thing you said impacted me and and i'm sitting there like what did i say (laughs) um and so i think really when it comes right down to it ministry is just about walking in in our identity Hmm. in walking in who god's made us to to be it's not about trying to make certain things happen but it's just walking in, in who we are and and part of my identity is to to carry that that father heart um, and I, I don't remember where this started <laughs> what, what was your original question? no, no it's good um, <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about how you came up with the teaching. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking about that process right yeah. now. It's it's a it's a teaching that really affected your life. So. Yeah. So D- Doug Easterday, actually, um, he had he had told me at some point that he really he he felt like I needed to start de- de- developing uh, my own teaching because I guess he saw he saw that in me as well, and. Um, the the parable of the potter that you've seen several times now was actually um, something that Steve Fry um, he would do a very similar hmm. thing um, when tour groups would come in hmm. and so it was really cool to see these tour groups coming in just to see you know how pottery's made and he's like hitting them with kingdom nice. <laughs> and so it was. Re- just really cool stuff and so i can't tell you how many times i saw and heard that because i was always in there and when when these groups would come through and so um so that's been something that i've just kind of been uh just kind of mulling around in, in my heart and my mind for for a long time of how to incorporate a teaching like that with with the father heart of god because um i feel like the 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 primary struggle that people have in seeing god as father is kind of the same 
struggle that we as clay vessels have with our potter Mm. um, when he has something specific in mind that he wants to make out of this lump of clay and the primary reason that we don't want to go that route is because we don't really trust the the potter Mm. we don't trust his character enough to know that he's got He's actually got our best in mind. He's not trying to make our lives miserable, um, but he actually does have our best in 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 his heart. And the same way with with the whole father thing, um, people struggle with seeing God as father because you know for a lot of people they don't even know what a father's supposed to look like because they they haven't seen that modeled in in their own lives. And so you can't fully surrender to someone that you don't trust and you can't trust someone that you don't really know. Hmm. And so I just feel like it's all kind of in, interconnected. Um, the, the whole Potter an, uh, analogy and the whole father analogy. And I think it's why God, um, you know, he, he used a lot of different uh, pic- picture words to, mm-hmm. to describe himself. Um as potter, as father, as, you know, even a, a mother, a mother eagle, you know, he, he's using these, these word pictures so that we can get a little better, better understanding of, of who he is. Um, but it all comes down to, yeah, we, we won't, we won't surrender ourselves to someone that we don't trust and we won't trust someone that, that we don't know. Hmm. So we need to know, we need to know him. So good. So good. Let's talk a little bit about fatherlessness. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think's caused this kind of epidemic, if you will? Um, I, I mean, I think it comes back to the the thing I talked about earlier when God breathed His breath into that original lump of clay he breathed his 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 life into that but he also he created that person in his image he created us in his image and so the enemy is always trying to destroy um that that image in in us and one of the ways that his image is reflected in in us and I'm talking about us as men in, in particular right now, is as father. Hmm. Because for whatever reason, God chose to reveal himself as father. And he could have just as easily revealed himself as mother because we know you know God isn't male or female. God, God is God. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, he could have just as easily called himself or revealed himself as as a mother. But I think there's a really critical reason why he revealed himself as father. And I don't think it's just because, you know, the Bible was written in a male dominant society or whatever. But I think I think what God was actually doing was he was calling calling out us men uh, to, to, to greater things, 
because I think God understands our propensity as men to uh, to sit back and kind of let let everybody else do do all all all, all the work. Um, and so I think what He's actually doing is He's calling us to to actually take a stand. You know, in in the very last chapter of, of the Old Testament, the, the very last verse, the very last uh, sentence, the very last word is curse. So so the Old Testament ends with this this curse. And and in, in context it's he's talking about um, he's he's foretelling this this Messiah that he's going to be sending, this savior that he's going to be sending. And he says be, you know before this uh, before the the great and terrible day, day of the Lord, um, he's going to be sending this this prophet in in the spirit of e- e- Elijah, and uh, he talks about how he's going to be uh, drawing the hearts of the fathers back to the children, hmm. and the hearts of the children back back to to the father, and that's where this curse comes in. He says, um, "Lest the, the the land be struck with this curse." And so I think what we're seeing in our society today is it's it's this it's this curse it's the same thing it's the consequences of the hearts of the fathers not being towards the children the hearts of the children not being towards the father and so it's not this thing of oh God's cursing us but it's the consequence like the curse is it's the consequence of the fathers not being fathers hmm. and so I think what God's doing is saying, look at me, this is what a father's supposed to look like. Hmm. And um, because I think mothers just naturally get it. Like um, if there's a, if, if there's a baby lying on the floor, for example, and um, you've got, you've got a guy walking through and you've got a woman walking through. I mean, hopefully the guy's going to stop and he's going to, pick the baby up but he's probably gonna go hand it off to a woman <laughs> right you know women just naturally and I'm, I'm speaking in generalities here yep. so don't you know <laughs> don't don't get all up in arms people <laughs> but um generally speaking i'm just saying i think that women just are more natural nurturers they're they're more naturally uh their hearts are connected to to their children, and I think that by uh, identifying himself as father, God is saying, "Guys, you got to step it up." Hmm. And there's so much more I could say, but I'm I'm just gonna leave it there. Like, so what? So I feel like we've kind of analyzed. I mean, this is a huge topic, and it's it's fun to fun to discuss. We've kind of analyzed the the why and the of fatherlessness but what so what's the solution if somebody's listening right now to this podcast and their heart's racing because this is just connecting with them what are the steps that someone can take to to find a solution to this issue of fatherlessness well uh man i mean like like you said it's such a it's such a huge topic so i would say for anyone listening who is who's in that place where, where they are fatherless, where like 
th this whole topic of God being Father just doesn't even make sense to them because their only frame of reference for Father is, well, if if God's anything like my dad, that means he's never around, or if he is around, he's um, just uh, abusing me or what whatever. For, so for somebody in that situation, I mean, it's going to sound cliche, but you need a revelation from God himself. Mm. Like there's there's literally nothing that I could say right now that would change a person's thought process except a direct revelation from God himself. So you need to, first of all, just ask God to, to show you. Because mm. a lot of people, I think a lot of people, especially people who are, who are in church, um, they're afraid to get real with God. But he already knows. Like he knows that that you're that you're having these thoughts, that you're having these these struggles, these doubts, whatever. And so God's not afraid of of us being real with him. God's and he's not offended. Like God doesn't get offended, like like we do. Um, and so just to say, God, I don't even know what it means that you're my father, because that like it doesn't even make sense to me. Um, so you're gonna have to show me what that even looks like. And I think that that's that's the place we've got to start. Um, but then also, I think it's uh, you know I know a while back you had the legendary Dave Buring, uh, and so like I, I love I love Dave, and he's always talking about how we need to um, like when it comes to discipleship and mentoring. Um, we, we not only need to be looking for our Timothys, but we need, need to be looking for our Pauls. So, like, mm. not just who am I going to be pouring into, but who can I go to to actually be pouring into me, to be mentoring me? Mm. That's something that I, like, I, I've recognized over the past several years that I haven't done a real good job of, of actually pursuing that kind of relationship. But um, anybody who's just really struggling with, what does it mean that God's my father? You need to start asking God to bring somebody into your life who can who can show you these things. So surround yourself with some some fathers. It's hmm. good. And what I mean, uh, I mean, is there just a practical step to like kids in my neighborhood? You know, like that that don't really have a dad or, or something like that. What what does it look like to get involved in other people's lives? What does that process look like? Uh, man, um, so you're talking about like kids, are you talking about like what, what would the kids do or what would somebody do who sees kids in that situation? Yeah, the latter. Okay. I mean, I think it's just, uh, a matter of, um, just start pouring in just start pouring into people it, it doesn't take it actually doesn't take a lot to to impact a person's life sometimes it's just as simple as seeing one of those kids and saying hey how how are you doing because they may have literally they may have never had uh, someone older than them like a, a male figure ask them that 
or even be concerned about that. So it can be such a simple thing. But I think also, and this kind of ties into, uh, you asked about those three practical steps. So this is, this is going to kind of tie into right. to one of those. But just constantly be asking God, um, what what's my role here? Because, like I said, when I went to Nepal, for example, I was overwhelmed by all this need around me. There was, like, I couldn't do anything to change the situation for any of those people um, or, you know, for, for that nation or even for a village. But there might have been one person that God wanted me to focus on and to make an impact for, for that moment hmm. and like I mean when Jesus was was here physically walking this, this this earth he didn't do he didn't do anything except what the father was telling him hmm. and so it, it it comes everything comes down to 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 that we have to constantly be asking like we can see lots of need around us but God what do you want me to do? Hmm. Who do you want me to pour into? So is that the first practical step tip? Uh, that's one of them. Yeah. Let's just, let's just transition right into those. Okay. What are three practical tips to doing ministry well? All right. So I've been, uh, our church actually has been going through the, like reading through the Bible mm-hmm. starting at, at the beginning of the year. So I've been, I've been in, in Exodus, just finished it up this morning actually um it just really struck me how it talks about aaron and his sons you know they they were put in this position of being priests and it talks about them being ministers unto the lord Hmm. and so that that's really been striking me and so i think the first practical step i would say is that ministry is is for for the lord a lot of times when we think of ministry, we think we're ministering to people, but we're ministering to God. Hmm. Like, if he's our focus, um, it, everything else will flow out of that. I think when our focus is on ministering to people, it can suck us dry hmm. and uh, burn us out. So if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. What would you say the second tip is? Um, the second thing is what, what I was just talking about. There, there are in, innumerable, innumerable needs all around us. Like literally you can go out your door and there are just needs all around you. Um, but what is God asking me to, to mm. do? Because um, I'm sure that there were lots of people... In, in the area of where Jesus was living that never got healed or, you know, it was because Jesus wasn't just like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get all these people. He was just constantly, all right, Father, what, what's your, what's your thing for me now at this moment? That's good. That's good. And what would the third tip be? Oh, the third thing is just, um, Again, going back to to Exodus, uh, it's really struck with Moses. Um, you know, right after the, the he he goes up 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 the mountain, 
and he comes back down and the people had built this calf. It just blows my mind. Like every yeah. time I read that, especially the the part about Aaron, because Aaron had right. just been installed in the into this position of being priest, and he goes along with their idea of building this calf. Right. And then when Moses comes down, he's like, "Well, the you know the people gave me this gold, right. and then this calf just popped yeah. out." But um, so anyway, so God says to to Moses at that point, he's like, "Okay, you're you guys are gonna go in." To this land because I promised I promised it so I'm gonna keep my promise you're gonna go in it's gonna be great milk honey all of that but I'm not I'm not going with you because these people are <laughs> they're so ridiculous um, yeah and I, I mean I I put I, I, I put my own thinking in there I, I don't think God was like I don't think he was really like I just can't even believe these people. Of course, he like he, he knew it wasn't a surprise to him, but he he knew that um, that they would be consumed. It wasn't because he was all of a sudden going to have this fit of anger, but just because of his who he is, like them being around that, it would have consumed them. So he wasn't going to go. And Moses, like I love Moses' response because his focus was not on all the good stuff that was waiting for them. He was like, if you're not going to go with us, I I don't want to go. Hmm. And and so I think we need to constantly have that that same heart cry. Like I don't care how huge our church might get or how huge our ministry whatever and how popular, how many people are being reached. If God's presence isn't in it, if he's not going with us, don't do it. <laughs> that is a good tip. <laughs> and and I don't know, I feel like these things I'm, I'm bringing up are like, duh, no-brainers. But I also, when I stop and, and look at these things, I feel like too many people aren't actually following hmm. these things hmm. like we we get caught up in in our work we get caught up in in the things we need to do and sometimes like they're all good things maybe but it might not like god god might not ever have had that in mind for us it's hmm. good hmm. all right last question what's been inspiring you lately is there any books or resources um and it doesn't even have to be lately like what uh what are some resources that have really impacted you throughout your life yeah this is a, this is a tough one for me too because um it's actually been a while since i've read much of of anything like in, inspirational wise mm -hmm. Um, and it's for the very reason that I was I was talking about earlier, where people get hung up on all their favorite authors and stuff, and so there there came a point where I was like, I mean, I I believe it's it's good and it's wise to surround ourselves with with godly counsel, and but I've just seen too much of this where people just get hung up on their hmm. on their favorite authors or whatever and yeah. 
And so when we're only getting one viewpoint, it's like, that, that might be a little lopsided. Um, and so I actually, uh, as far as inspirational reading, um, I, I read the Bible. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, back, back in 2009, I, I took the BCC, mm -hmm. um, which I love, by the way. And Bible quarter course. Yeah, Bible quarter course. Yep. Um, but one of the things that really impacted me during that time was just how... Uh, and, and, and then I, I went on and staffed a few of those schools. Um, we don't let people use commentaries. You read the Bible. <laughs> um, you can read, you know, the Bible, uh, Bible dictionaries um, and like resources like that. But as far as commentaries, you just read the Bible. Right. And it's just so refreshing. Like all of a sudden you start realizing... Well, I started realizing that there are some things that I always thought were in there that <laughs> weren't actually in there. Yep. Um, yeah, so, but I would say as far as things that are inspiring me, um, this might sound cheesy, but my, my children inspire me. Uh, specifically, I, I don't know. If, if she ever hears this, she'll probably be embarrassed. But my, my daughter, Abigail, who just celebrated her 18th birthday um, a little over a year ago, uh, she, she was hospitalized um, because she was struggling with uh, an an anorexia. And, like, we, we had seen for, for months that like we knew that she was having some sort of struggle mm -hmm. and issue and losing a lot of weight. And it was just hard for us to know, like as parents, like what, what do we do? How do we, how do we step in? And, uh, but it was actually when she came to my, my wife, Dana and said, Hey, I, I recognize that I, I need some help. I can't, I can't, do this hmm. um and so now you know she she was she was in the hospital for a few weeks and now a, a little over a year after that uh instance she is um she still struggles like i don't understand this she doesn't she doesn't really necessarily enjoy eating, which again, I don't understand this. Sometimes I wish I, <laughs> I had that problem a little more, but, um, but anyway, the, the point of all this is that there's this, uh, complete transformation that took place because she recognized her, her need for God to, to step in and like she was going to die if God didn't hmm. step in. And just her, her intimacy with, with the Lord has been really cool to see. And like I said, uh, physical transformation on her face. People who knew her before and now see her, they're like, oh my goodness, she is a completely different person. Hmm. And so that's been really inspirational to me, seeing this young lady who is just 
completely allowing God to transform her. Mm. And, you know, I think about all the the areas in, in my life that I might still be kind of trying to do myself. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I need to be more like her. Mm. So that's just one, one little thing. Yeah, that's good. How about art-wise inspiration? Is there is there a potter out there that you really look up to that you're just like, that stuff's <laughs> awesome? Yeah, there are there are a lot of those, but uh, yeah, I mean, Steve Fry, the man I learned from, he is uh, he's still one of the the greatest hmm. potters I I know, and. I mean, this is all, it, it's very subjective. Just just like any kind of art, it's very subjective. Some people like more abstract stuff, and but um, his his work is just, uh, he, he's he's not just an artist, he's he's a true craftsman. Hmm. Like, um, he, he does hand-painted signs that look like they were done by... Uh, a machine hmm. and I I can't imagine like I can't figure out how he keeps his hand so steady it's hmm. it, it's amazing but yeah that's just a little example of his craftsmanship and that reminds me coming back to this whole exodus thing um, when when God was giving Moses instructions for for the tabernacle and when he talks about the these men that he wants Moses to to, to use to do the the work with the gold and and bronze and, and stuff like this he talks about these men being filled with with the spirit of god and i don't know for sure so don't quote me on this but i i think that this is the first time in in the scripture where that phrase is used the spirit of god in in regards to being in a person and it's just really cool that it's these these artists and it was actually uh, several years ago when when I was I was going through Exodus, I saw that for the first time, and for the first time in my life, I realized that this was actually a thing from God because mm-hmm. I never saw my artistic abilities as being uh, something from God, and and I think this is where I'm still on still kind of coming out of this this mindset and that's why this whole thing of what is ministry is still I'm, I'm i'm kind of walking through this whole thing because i have in my mind that my my art is is like over here but then my ministry is over here right and now for the first time really for the first time since dane and i have been married um god's actually called us to a place where we aren't right now i'm not in any sort of official ministry role mm-hmm. and so but i think it's it's good it's obviously good because it's where god has us but it, i think it's also good because it it's teaching me to to get my identity from from him like i'm not a school leader mm-hmm. i'm i'm not this or that I'm I'm a son. I am his son. That's all I need to be focusing on right now. That's good. That's good. 
Brooke, if people want to check out your pottery, uh, where can they do that? Um, well, you can go to gamingpottery.com. That's G-E-H-M-A-N pottery.com. We have a link on there to our Etsy store. And so, yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. Would you just close us out by praying for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Father, thank you that you have that you have revealed yourself as Father and that you invite us to to call you Daddy, Abba, Father. And thank you that you have you've given us all such um, different and u- unique giftings and, and abilities and skills and and yeah even as right now I'm kind of in this place where I'm trying to, to figure out what it's all supposed to look like um, I pray for anyone who is listening to, to this right now who finds himself in a similar place just kind of trying to figure out where their where their place is that they would understand that our place is simply where you ask us to to be and what you ask us to to be doing and so whatever we do it's it's ministry if we are doing it for you if we're doing it unto you and if we are doing it because you said and not just because there's some need out there so thank you god for um the way that you constantly pursue us you constantly um you constantly are growing us and stretching us and we just invite you to continue doing that and continue revealing yourself to us because we we want to know you above above anything else we want to know you we want to just have a deeper intimacy with you in jesus name amen brooke thanks so much for being on the show yeah thank you if you haven't checked out the new doingministrywell.com website, check it out. We chose Swissco to do our overhaul and are so happy with the results. Swissco makes ministry websites beautiful and hassle-free. Schedule a free consultation today at swissco.us. Hi, this is Brian Ensminger. If you enjoyed Doing Ministry Well, we'd really appreciate it if you'd check out the Engaging Missions show, where we deliver God's stories to your earbuds. You can find us at engagingmissions.com. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on who we should interview next, contact us at doingministrywell.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at jimjessbaker.com. That's jimjessasinjessicabaker.com.